Welcome to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, where it's all about slashing your debt, slashing your taxes, and creating a liberated lifestyle. And now, your host, who met his wife while training for the 400 meters in Seattle and is eating gluten-free while lusting after bread, Dave Denniston. my friends and welcome back to another episode of the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping doctors like you slash your debt, slash your taxes and live a liberated lifestyle. Well, I have the pleasure of having two people that I have been following for a while. They are the information and inspiration behind a show. Please help me welcome Steve Butella and Jill DeWitt. Welcome guys. Thank you, Dave. Great to be here. So um, I've done a lot of land investing. You guys were and I were talking beforehand. I've talked about it on this show. So a lot of people are familiar with the concept. So we can skip all the basics. We don't have to talk about <laughs> the fact that mailing is good and marketing is good and, and getting it going. Um, but I think what's fun about this for me, obviously, um, you guys have a ton of experience between the two of you. I started in 2017, so I have a few years behind me now, but certainly not, what, how long have you been doing it for, Jack? Boy, since the early 90s. So 30 years, almost? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's a lot wow. of change, man. <laughs> we don't usually refer to it like that. <laughs> it's kind of like my age. I, mean, I was born a while ago. <laughs> You're 25, right, Jill? That's so, right. That's right. <laughs> There you go. So, so walk me through, Steve, a little bit for people that aren't familiar with your guys' story. Uh, how did you get started in, in this thing? I started in commercial real estate, uh, full commission in the early 90s, and was rapidly disgusted with the whole thing. I, uh, it was a full commission position, and I, and I did pretty well, but they're very, very complicated. Commercial real estate deals uh, now and then are complicated as hell. You know, you've got, there's a lot of people that have to sign off on things, lenders, and, you know, very, very, and then I focused on healthcare type transactions that were made it even more complicated. So you got federal sign off and payers and all this stuff. It took a year to get a deal done. So between the early nineties and, uh, and it's being involved in that somehow around uh, 1999, the year 2000, I, I decided to start buying just rural vacant land. And I did it at auctions where you'd show up. This is before the internet really kicked in gavel auctions and I was buying properties for 50, $75, hundred dollars and selling them on the internet in various places, included, uh, including eBay for 10 times that. So it didn't take long uh, in the early 2000s to, to, for me to leave all that other, the commercial real estate piece uh, slash accounting piece and go full time. And I've been full time ever since. And when did you guys meet then, Jill? Like when did you? Oh, nine. Yeah. Oh, nine. So I was on my own for about 10 years. And then I mean, overnight when I met Joe and she brought the sales and the flair to this whole thing, she, she took it where it needed to go. Awesome. The woman's touch, man. It goes a long way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, I've had before on the podcast a while ago, Mark Podolsky. It's been, been a couple of years, which I know from what I understand, you kind of mentored him. So when in this timeline did Mark kind of so the last uh, W-2 job I had was with a, an investment bank in downtown Phoenix and Mark, and Mark already worked there when they uh, hired me. And we had lunches and we were just colleagues and I started telling him about how this works. And we eventually went to an auction together, a, bit, a big one, and he bought, he spent some money. He spent, if I remember right, 20 to 50,000 bucks, which is a lot back then. 
on rural vacant property that basically nobody wanted. Uh, and I, I walked him through the steps. He was the first land academy member mm -hmm. before there was a, a land academy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he did really, really well. And, and we both left that company around the same time separately mm. and then joined forces briefly for, uh, I guess, when Jay was, was around. There. Yeah, I was there with you. And we did too. a few deals and, and uh, you know, very, it was all amicable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, working with Mark was a pleasure. So when, when was this in the timeline? Like that? Like, oh, nine, 10, 11, mm -hmm. maybe ish. Oh, nine, I think we're probably all three of us in the same office for a, about a year. Yeah. And you started working with him like 2000s, I guess then kind of yeah. before that a little oh, bit. Oh, two-ish. Okay. Got mm -hmm. it. Got it. Mark's a, Mark's a not a, he doesn't approach this from a data standpoint, like it sounds like you do, Dave. So he's, um, he's a technically a history major and he was a, at the investment bank. He was the star salesman. He's a, he's a, I believe it from the, from the sales standpoint. Mm -hmm. He could, he could, um, I, I'm not sure of a good analogy, but you know, sell the snake off, sell the skin off a snake or something. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's a pretty amazing salesperson yeah. for sure. Um, so in this time, you know, of doing this 20 plus years, tell me about like property values have risen, at least from my perspective, from what I've seen in looking at the data, um, how have things changed in that time period? We've had the internet. You know, that was the internet bubble bursting around 2000, you know, the, the dot-com thing and the financial crisis and technology. And now we have DocuSign and we have, have all kinds of internet-y stuff. Tell us about the difference between then and now. I was going to throw in before you share more, even from when I came on board officially in like 09 to now, my due diligence is minutes when it used to be hours. Mm. I can, you know, we have all kinds of tools and mapping and great ways to look at properties and get our answers on, you know, taxes and all the details and the zoning in minutes to make some decisions. And it's just phenomenal. Not to mention that you're going to talk more a lot about the seller data and the tools that we have at our fingertips now to, for when you're sending up the mailers is mm -hmm. Awesome. I mean, in a sentence, it's it's much, much, much easier to buy and sell land now than it's ever been. And I believe that will continue. It will get easier and easier as things like Google Earth pop up. I mean, we all take Google Earth so for granted. Google Earth is on one of my screens probably my entire workday. So you, uh, there's tools that are, are rapidly advancing that are and not just for land investors, but for real estate in general. There's so much money in real estate, especially in places like Texas and, and Phoenix and Southern California. So the tools that seem like to, they get developed for residential real estate agents or commercial people, but trickle down to us, you know, we're always kind of the last. Yeah. And so what's really changed is, is the tools, but what hasn't changed is profitability. We're still operating at hundred percent margins, just like I was in 1999, buy it for a thousand bucks, sell it for 2000, buy it for a hundred thousand, sell it for 200,000. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting in, in the few years I've been in the business, you know, I've seen changes just in three years, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff. Um, I think when I started in the business, like Simplifile was new relatively. Mm -hmm. um, and the cost for a lot of these things have risen too. Like I started another land company with a person that's been partnering a lot of deals and now restarting everything over. It's like, wait, I didn't have to pay that before. Why are you charging that now? You know, um, uh, but on the other hand, there's more of these tools and things that you can do too, you know? So I think um, there's more people probably in the business now than there ever have been. There's lots of opportunities still. I very much believe mm -hmm. that, but there is more competition 
than I assume there was 10, 15, 20 years ago, which. Yeah, I, I think that's probably correct. There was definitely right when I sent out that first mailer, uh, I was, we were all auctions up till around 2001 or 2002. And I discovered RealQuest and RealQuest was providing real estate data for like oil and gas companies. And I, I went to their office in Irvine and talked them into letting me use the data for what I was using it. And it, it was a great thing. That first mailer I sent out, there's definitely some pent up people that would, you know, before, before they found people like us, these cash buyers, I mean, owners, they, they couldn't list their property with a real estate agent. Right. There's not enough profitability. They couldn't find it. There was no Google earth. So <laughs> in a lot of ways, and I'm not being overly positive. If any, if you've ever watched our show, I'm not a positive person. <laughs> we solve a lot of problems for a lot of rural, <laughs> rural vacant landowners. And we continue to do that. Well, I, I think um, what's, what's so interesting about the two of you, you know, you joke around information and inspiration, all that yep. kind of thing is um, really working together, you know, yeah. like with my wife, we try to make it happen. It, it wasn't going to happen. She's like, why did you buy this property? You know, <laughs> like there was like stuff, stuff over that. And it didn't work for us as we were doing it, you know, like just the communication and a husband wife rule. And I've generally been the breadwinner and, you know, for her to take direction from me was hard to do. Cause I was, she didn't want to do the courses and she didn't want to do all this stuff, you know, to figure it out. Well, I had to learn it. Right. But in order yeah. for her to do stuff, she had to be taught it and getting taught by me was not a good idea. So how did you guys navigate that? I mean, was it just yeah. natural? Oh, yeah. Go right ahead. I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> right before we start turning this camera on Dave, this is what Jill said to me. Uh, Will you please lay off the marriage jokes? <laughs> Nobody thinks it's funny except you. I think it's funny. There's number two right there. That's exactly what I said. Jill had a job as a salesperson recruiting, uh, converting really warm leads in, at a university. Yeah. And she's like, get on the phone with the, and, and we lived in a tiny little place in Scottsdale, which we bought from a bank for cash. So we were, you know, this is during the downturn where we were struggling financially. And so her office was in our bedroom mm -hmm. and I was in and out of there. My office was downstairs and I could hear her. Her conversion rate was like, I, I don't know what your conversion rate was. It was amazing. Yeah. So I sat down and she and I uh, over some drinks one time and said, here's how much money you're making this university. That's exactly right. Like when you convert <laughs> these guys, you know, this is about 30 to $50,000 of tuition for the two or three years that they're there. And you're converting about four to eight a week. So we did all the math and I'm like, you can make these guys about three to $400,000 a month. <laughs> and she just looked at me with her jaw on the table. And I said, well, imagine if, if I just started feeding your land. In fact, I have a bunch of old property that I've owned forever that were, it was hard, hard to sell because I bought so much of it. I saturated my own market. So she put another desk right next to her desk and started selling land and, and all both. That was it. Like, here we are in front of you today. So, so Jill, what was that like? You know, that initial, like to get going, if there's, I imagine there's a doctor listening here who's like, I would love for my wife to do something, you know, and, and get started in a business like this. Like, what, what was it like for you where he had all the knowledge of how to do it and you're just hopping in, you've heard it, maybe heard him talk about it, but you weren't oh, doing yeah, the it. To this too. <laughs> You know what's funny? I, I want to say this. Okay. <laughs> I swear to you, I have never, ever sat Jill down and yeah. explained to her anything about real estate, sales, computers, any of it. For some reason, you just absorb this stuff and, and then do better That's at right. it than I ever have. I had one conversation with Debbie 
Debbie number two, I guess. Oh, it was Debbie one or Debbie mm-hmm. two who moved away. I had there a was, whole staff. Yeah, there was a gal that um, she, her husband was a doctor. Her, actually, her husband was a doctor and they moved to another state and that's why she left. And she was doing some stuff remotely for you. And then I think they started to have kids and didn't work out. But anyway, you gave me her number and said, Here, here's what I want you to do. Call this gal and she'll fill you in. I had one phone call with her. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it was 45 minutes or an hour. I took a lot of notes. And that was kind of it. And then I just hit the ground running. Mm. The only thing you had to show me was, you know, here's an example of a posting, make another one look like this. And here's where it goes. Okay, I can mm-hmm. do that. And I just kind of ran with it. I just, I just, um, I'm, I'm not afraid of, of uh, not, uh, not much. I'm, there's not much I'm afraid of, i say that. <laughs> I just dove in and I was having fun. And, and I didn't even know I was doing that well, you know, until he sat me down, I was like, what the heck? You know, so I started doing these transactions and closing these deals. I did just kind of with the little information that I had, I know how to find my own answers. I'm, you know, I would Google and figure things out or call the county and find out my answers myself. And I was, I always got what I wanted because I was very nice and very sweet, never pushy. And just, I would, I just would luckily find the right people and they were, they wanted to help me. So I'm like, this is great. And, you know, after a month or two, I don't know how many long it was, you said, how much is in that little bank account? You know, we set up that you're working on and I don't remember what it was, but it was tens of thousands of dollars. And he's like, what the heck, you know? <laughs> so we went to an auction yeah. in 2011 yeah. and we bought like 12,000 properties for 12,000. Yeah. And that's when we said, all right, we're both done with our, whatever we're doing. Yep. We're both going to do this together. And, and we made Driving that, that generated seven digits. We just so. stack like this thick, they had to print out all these paperwork, all the parcel numbers on all these deeds. And I'm like, and he's like, what? It was two, a ream and a half of paper yeah. this deed. He's like, deed. you're quitting your job today. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh okay. <laughs> so as far as like with us and the relationships, there wasn't a lot of teaching and there kind of still isn't. Like I'm, he yeah. kind of, he, <laughs> yeah. Is that good or bad? We have. We work in separate, we have separate staffs and everything's separate. We, if we had to sit together like this and work all day, it just, it wouldn't work. <laughs> that's, and that's saying it as nicely as I can. Yeah, we do um. things differently. That's it, we do things differently. We respect the other person's gonna do it differently. But our outcome and the goal is the same. That's the bottom line. And whatever he needs, I'm like, I let him do. I don't go in and, and pick apart when he's pulling data and how he's pricing a mail or anything like that. He obviously is a pro at it anyway over anyone. So I, I wouldn't even do it. The only thing I might do is say, I, can we please throw this county in the mix? I've got some reasons yeah. why I want to do this. And I'm like, sure. And he'll throw in wherever I want and said, what size and what area? I'll tell him where I want the mail to go and he'll, he'll drop it in there for me. And then the vice versa is true. He, it took a long time. So this is yeah, true it with took couples. Years. It really took a long time for him to, to, not that he really would look over my shoulder, but he would want to make you know check on things and make sure. But at the end of the day, he'd look at my numbers and go, "Never mind, I'm out." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's eventually she had it down. She had yeah. a sentence. It's like just please look at the bank balance. <laughs> <laughs> there's a problem. I'll let you know. That was it too. If there's a problem, I will come to you. I don't need you to come to me. And then and then over time, he's like. I trust you. You got this. Well, I think it's so interesting how like there's this, this convergence of passion and interest in something with money. And then with, uh, at the same time, um, I think a feeling that you're in, you're enjoying the process. And it's like any one of those legs of a chair, if you will, if they're not there, it doesn't work. Right. And so, 
for, for someone that wants to try this out as a business, whether it's a spouse or maybe a physician themselves, you know, I guess you have to have that for it, right. To, to grind through and to learn. And I think about yeah. being a business in business, you know, there's a lot of self-starting as much as you can create courses. Like you guys have a land Academy and other places at the end of the day, you, you have to have that burning desire along with the, um, the passion for it, along with it, making money. I look at this podcast. It doesn't make me any money, but I do it because it's a passion project. You know, yeah. and I enjoy it and yeah. I get to meet cool people like you guys. So, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Cause you do, cause like any business owner, there's going to be obstacles and you've got to have that mm -hmm. end goal that you're going to push through and power through and get there no matter what. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can I ask you a question, Dave? Yeah, of course. What do you think motivates physicians? Is it money or uh, more time? Well, I, I think. I would div divide up this audience, people who are listening into really two different groups. I would say there's those that are under 35, which are in residency or they're transitioning to practice, or maybe there's even medical students that are listening to this podcast. And in that case, you know, we got a lot of debt uh, in the majority of cases. Maybe there's some international physicians that don't, but you know, they're, they're just struggling to keep their head above water. I mean, we're talking about a mortgage, you know, 300, thousand dollars plus six percent accruing interest in student debt you know that when you're in residency you're making 50 grand a year you know you're not gonna be able to pay eighteen thousand dollars in interest right so um they're thinking about they're getting married they're having babies they're dealing with that whole transition so um, I think that that group might be interested in something like this, but reality is they don't necessarily have the time, nor do they have the money. And then we get into the 35 plus, and now maybe they're starting to pay down their student debt. Maybe they've paid it off. And um, now they start to have a little bit more time. They're not having to run around like a resident that gets told when to jump and how to tie their tie and, you know, whatever else that, that they're being forced to be scheduled out for. And I think now at this point now, physicians start to have choices. And I think that that's where the help usually comes in, you know, in terms of they're thinking about, gosh, I'm getting burned out on medicine. I don't know how much longer I can take this. Yeah. You know, I mean, think, of, think yeah. about right now, right? I mean, can you imagine if you are uh, an emergency room physician and, you know, dealing with all COVID and all the new protocols yeah. and all that stuff, or on the other hand, uh, so you're busier than ever, right? Yeah. On the other hand, if you're an orthopedic surgeon, you know, now you get thrown to the side. Can you imagine being in California where all the ORs are occupied and the hospitals are hurting for space? And you can't work perhaps because the government won't let you. And so you're used to making 500 grand a year and now you're making a hundred or something. Mm -hmm. uh, and then a lot of hospitals are having financial issues on top of that. So how long can they continue to pay physicians 200, 300, 400, 500 grand when the whole system's hurting and they can't do the elective procedures. So I think there's a big, big um, reckoning coming for a lot of doctors where on one end you have all this debt and then on the other hand, you have um, declining income. Now, if someone owns their own practice, they might be able to get around that to a degree. 
but so many, so many practices have been gobbled up by the hospital systems now. Mm -hmm. So let's say before 20 years ago, it was a 50, 50 mix of hospitals to private practices. Now you're probably looking at 80, 20, 80 in hospitals, 20% private practices. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in medicine. That's why I'm so passionate about bringing, bringing guests like you guys on because I want people to diversify and not be caught, you know, in the rat race of working for the hospital system, 50, 60 hours a week and having other, other assets and other ways to, to get income. So. I've never seen uh, a real estate market like this in my entire life. In fact, when this COVID hit in March and uh, April of, of 2020, if you go back and listen to our show, our, our Land Academy show, our podcast, uh, and if you're a member, if you listen to our, every Thursday we have a, a two to three hour webinar where we talk about, hey, what's gonna happen? And I flat out said, this is gonna be 2010 all over again. People can't afford houses, the unemployment rates, this, put all the pieces that, and to all of our surprise, there's, it's just become this have and have nots thing. All the people that work for tech companies or, or can possibly work at home because of the internet are doing that now. Right. And so it's driving this, that and the, just uh, the, the regular population growth in this country because of the uh, millennials, that, that generation, the largest generation in history is fueling this massive real estate change. So, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you can see it by the number of signs on your, in, on your block and, and everything else. There's never been a better time to send out a bunch of mail, field some calls, buy some property that's under value, and sell it for more the next week. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast. And I just want to make sure to thank each and every one of you for listening each and every week. When I get phone calls and emails and texts, it really just touches my heart. And as such, I just want to make sure to bring to your attention for one of the final times that for this month, the last time I am going to have the Freedom Formula for Physicians, where you can get a physical copy and an electronic copy for only a dollar plus shipping. And so my friends, if you wanna take advantage of that deal, make sure to head right now to www.drfreedom.com book.com so that's d-o-c-t-o-r freedom book.com and again what you'll get for only one dollar plus a few bucks in shipping you get the whole physical copy of the freedom formula for physicians plus you get an electronic copy you get both of those things for only five bucks and this offer is coming to an end on august 31st if you look on September 1st or beyond, it's going to be about 10 bucks uh, for that whole entire package, which will still be better than anything you get on Amazon because you get both. But anyhow, that being said, I just want to thank you again so much for being here with me on this journey, for joining me and learning about different ways to help you slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Again, visit www.drfreedombook.com. Dot com, D-O-C-T-O-R, freedombook.com to take advantage of this incredible offer to get the Freedom Formula for Physicians for only a dollar plus shipping. Peace. I'm out. 
Well, I, I would love to um, talk a little bit about how your how your business model has changed. We talked a little bit. You went to auctions. You got into mailing. Um, what about in terms of like how you sold properties? Like, if you look at your old course from five years ago, there was a lot of emphasis on terms. Like, mm -hmm. how much were you doing 10, 15 years ago in terms to wholesale deals? To now, you know, you're going for bigger cash deals a lot. You know, okay. tell me about that mix and how we it's never, changed for um, you. The, the terms portion of our career was when we filmed that in 2015, mm -hmm. and it's been updated uh, two times since then, and and we're filming a third one right now. But it, you know, the original course was called Ten Thousand Dollars a Month for Life, and we have many, many people in our group that joined then, and they're still with us, and they're you know making twenty and thirty thousand dollars a month in payments. But what we learned, and please. Uh, you know, jump in at any time. I, I will. There's a real specific personality <laughs> that likes term sales. Yeah, it's true. Me. And, <laughs> and, and Jill and I are not that person. Correct. We, we're cash people. We like to buy for cash and sell for cash. Yeah. Uh, Has know, it always that been that way then? It's always been kind of like wholesale. You were wholesaling then? Like yeah, mostly. Because then at the time, terms, well, terms, let's be honest. We call it passive income, but it's not really passive <laughs> no, income. No. I like, res I like the term residual a lot. There yeah, that's go. better. I'm going to use passive. That. Like I can just sit back and do nothing and the money's going to always come in <laughs> on time without a phone call or an email or something every month is not true. So that was part of it. I got, you know, and I would just be the sweetest thing. I'd be, I'm trying to, I would try to have to find these people. They were afraid that I was going to go after them and I'm not calling them to go after them when they go dark because for whatever happened, like they lost their job or something and they just stopped paying well, I pretty much got my investment back. We usually do right on the very front end. So I'm just trying to help them out. I don't want to go through the hassle of reposting the property. <laughs> I'd say, what do you need? You need a month. Do you want me to add it on the end? We need to change your date. But it was, it was got to be just a hassle to do that. And then the thing too, is we can't, we do so well with cash and we can build up. You can just, it's a fact. Do you want to spend five years getting your investment back? Or do you want to spend five days getting your investment right. back. That's really what we decided. And even, and that's just what we do. So well, it's, um, it's interesting in my, in my day job, which I can't refer to here for compliance reasons, but you know, I, I think there's two different models that a lot of people get paid, which um, residual income type opportunities where you're in a fee, you know, you, you essentially comes in every single month versus um, kind of elephant hunting is what I often refer to getting a commission. You know, you get a commission, you get a big lump sum, but you can't necessarily count on it every month. Right. You know, certain people um, might might find ways to generate that consistently by spending money on marketing or whatever to generate mm -hmm. that. And so, I've always been more of of a, um, more a fee based person. Where, hey, every month I know this is coming in, and I can count on it every month. Now, of course, sometimes things happen, but overall, you know, it continues on an upward trajectory. Um, not as much, right? You give up a big chunk up front, essentially seven years worth of work. So I have to earn it over seven years versus, right. you know, a one-time thing. Um, and I think in this business, what's interesting is um, it, it's, it's not, it's actually treated a lot more favorably doing cash for a lot of reasons. The tax headaches of doing all the bookkeeping that we have to do is a big pain in the butt. Um, so in terms of some, and, and certainly from a compliance reason in terms of, of, um, 
uh, terms properties, you have to declare what's your interest rate. Yeah. You have to report that on some of the state filed forms and some of those kinds of things. So it ends up being a lot more work, I think, in, in a lot of, lot of ways. But man, I'll tell yep. you what, every day when I see seven emails telling, coming in saying I've been paid, that's yeah. a good feeling to have. I think I have a yeah. portfolio yeah. <laughs> of 240 now notes awesome that's great wow so it's uh, fantastic it's a pretty hefty note portfolio but i think for people listening out there uh particularly doctors i think if you don't have the time terms will add more work to you until you be able to source it out i have a staff now of two intake managers and another four or five vas so i have a lot of people to take the load off my shoulders Excellent. So I don't have to do that. But until you get there, right? I mean, that's a lot of work you have to do. And all the time I'm looking to say, what else can I outsource? Um, yeah. Which, which um, less work on my shoulders and get to do more fun things like data and get into all that. You know, stuff. It's interesting. That's a, it's a great way to describe this because I love consistency too. And when we made the switch from sending out mail from auctions to sending out mail, we, I didn't ever expect that that would bring consistency, but it did. So when you send out 2,500 units of mail, it's a very, in a consistent and predictable way, you're going to know what, what you're going to buy. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're going to at least buy one to three properties in a, every 2,500. And so if you start to mechanize through staff and, and outsourcing phone answering and things like that, you're going to buy three properties every time you send out one to three, every time you send out 2,500 units. And it's not hard to send out, start sending out 25,000 if you've got the people to, to staff it. And if you're not doing term sales, you're just doing cash sales and you've mechanized where you post all that property and who's going to take those calls, it'll sell. Mm-hmm. So the mail brought the consistency that I was always looking for. And then Jill was like the cherry on top. So she just, um, entirely and completely took over the, the whole sales process, which was, was my bottleneck before we started working together. You just love to buy the land. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so Jill, I'd be curious to know from you, you know, in your perspective, the last 10 years, how do you think the business has changed and the way you guys have done things, you know, what, what's changed for you guys? A lot of it is, is uh, my due diligence is so fast and easy now. Yeah. I, and, and, what we, the, the amount of properties, the data that we get, it just keeps getting better and better and bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. I tell people all the time that, no, you didn't miss the boat. If anything, you came in at the right time Mm -hmm. because you didn't have to go through all the work that we had to do back then. Mm -hmm. And, And even now, you know, with the tools that you have for, you know, your scrubbing mail, getting your mail and doing all that, that's easier. My managing the flow. I mean, our systems are, are top notch. It's so great. Now I don't have one big, massive Excel sheet that I'm trying to dig oh through gosh, with, yes, you know, yes. three other people like, Oh, somebody didn't, somebody didn't save the file. Now yes, what, you yes, know, yes. <laughs> kind of thing. It was just a headache back then. And then fast forward to sales and posting and, and all the great services like these, you know, flat rate MLS posters where I can put it one place and it automatically puts it 20 places for me or more, maybe 50 places and gets it out there for me. It's phenomenal. So um, everything's just getting, it's going faster and easier. And what it's allowed us to do is think bigger. Another, I would say a change that we have made since back then to now and since the first program, which was we kind of poo-pooed brokers and, and agents and weren't really into mm-hmm. that. 
And now they, what over the years, there are now some phenomenal uh, land focused brokerages that I love. And even at a lot of them are 10% commission, these guys earn it and I'm happy to give them 10%. And my yield's that high. I don't care. 10% is great. If I bought it for 10,000, I'm selling it for 60,000. I, I can afford to give them six grand. Yeah. I'm good with that you for know, sure. kind of thing. And so that's even made my life easier. I'm for those, I'm doing bigger numbers. I'm adding a couple zeros sometimes to what we used to do. And I can, I've got these relationships with these guys where they're saying, Hey, if you got three more of those, I got, I got, I got these guys lined up that want these properties. I'm like, done. Mm. Let me get back to you. So I go to him. That's what's happening. I need more. I bring them in. I buy them. So we don't ever do a double end. We pay. We, we pay always buy them. the property. Always. I own it. And then like the day it's closing, I'm saying, I'm calling my broker and saying, ready, go <laughs> kind of thing. Now I can unleash you on this property. So. Well, here's, here's um, what's interesting to me. And then I want to talk about busy, busy doctors and how, how do they get around this stuff? Um, what I've noticed for me as, as I've, I've done more or try to do more, more cash deals in, um, a typical terms mailer, it's everything's easier on the acquisition side to me. Like usually I'll mail like a subdivision, right? So most of the time there's physical and legal access, sometimes not, but most of the time there is. So you don't have to like worry about that, right? If you know the counties well, you know, some of them that you've named, which by the way, Steve, I'd add Klamath County to your list of over veiled okay. places. Uh, excuse me, is that on the secret county list, Dave? I, I'm sure Mark could tell you, yes, it is. Yes. Uh, but, um, yeah. um, the, um, the number of responses, like my average, I think is like one out of 300 will acquire a property. Oh, that's great. But that's, but that's a typical terms deal, right? right. Which, which from when I started three years ago, so, I think so it was more, it was more like one out of a hundred. So I have a couple of questions, if you don't mind. No, not at all. So how do you achieve a one out of 300 yield when, is it because, how do you achieve that amazing yield? Well, I don't, I don't know that it's that great, but it's not, it's not as good as it used to be, but, um, uh, even in for my three years ago, but, um, I think it's, it's, um, in, the, in my case, I would say it's, it's the subdivision method that has yielded that because the problem I get into when I mail like a whole County, let's say everything one to five acres or five to 10, all of a sudden you have a bunch of stuff that doesn't have access. Yeah. So that becomes a big issue. Um, so like for me, I mailed a few counties in Oklahoma, like Pittsburgh County, um, some counties in East Texas thinking, hey, get close to Dallas, you know, kind of that growing metro area. And I got a lot of responses back. I mean, I probably sent 7,500 mailers altogether. Prices look pretty darn good all the way around. But, and I got a lot of responses, but they were all no access. So uh -huh. I didn't pick up a single property out of 7,500 mailers. Wow. Okay. So it kind of discouraged me from the cash route for a little bit. Cause it wasn't just like 2000 mailers or a thousand, you know, I was getting close to 10,000 mailers, which I suppose maybe my prices should have been higher. I don't know, but like, that's the kind of thing that was frustrating for me as I moved to trying to do more cash deals, you know, buying something for 10,000 or 15 or 20 mm -hmm. rather than the one to 10 that I've generally been doing. 
So any thoughts on that, you know, from first to someone like myself that has just been frustrated by having success, you know, I have one, that's, and that one out of 300 was including those 7,500 that failed, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I, I, my comment is, I wonder if you, um, cause we will take a, take an asset that might not appear to have access, dig deep into figuring out what's happening. If there's a six digit profit margin on it and figure it out, or we'll find somebody locally that can figure it out, or, or we'll, we'll do some stuff to the property to make it valuable. Mm -hmm. So it sounds to me like you're just a buy it and resell it. You know, I've never heard of that kind of yield, not working just purely. It sounds to me like you found what absolutely works for you mm -hmm. because we're like rural vacant land experts. And we're used to seeing access lists or what property that appears to not be ac have access in some cases we'll buy it. If it's, you know, in the middle of nowhere, we won't, not anymore. We used to, but if uh, it's, you know, less than a mile off the road, then we talk to the neighbors there. We sold it to the neighbor who does have access to it or right. we'll, we'll, we'll work it that way. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, we don't, I haven't had a conversation with somebody that has milled that much out and not uh, bought anything at all. First time for everything. <laughs> but the good news is, because I already had all the terms going, you know, I had that other method going. It didn't stop me. You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, a few thousand dollars down the drain, I'll make that on the next deal kind of a thing. Totally. Yeah, that's all it is. We just had one. There was one area in the eastern part of the country. I said, we're not mailing there again. Because everything they, oh, we got, I got too much love back. And then I opened it up the stuff and I'm like, darn it, this stuff was just, it was too cheap. Yeah. I'm like, oh, darn it. I don't, I don't, I ended up pretty much telling my team, if anybody calls on from this area, just say thank you and no thank you. <laughs> I feel kind of bad. I think the guy who did the mail probably didn't calculate that stuff right. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> like so I said, I, I may have been guilty of that too, you know, in terms of some of the stuff I said, I don't know. Um, you know. There's always one solution and it's the same answer. Just send more mail. Yeah. That's it. Pretty much. Yeah. So I'm back to the drawing board for this year. I'm not going back to Oklahoma or East Texas yeah. for a while. Yeah. We're leaving that alone. Um, well, what about, you know, obviously there's physicians that listen to this podcast and um, they, they are very busy, you know, as I mentioned earlier and um, putting time into, into a business venture like this, it might sound interesting to them. They might say, that sounds kind of cool, but gosh, how do I make the time to do this? And how do I, how can I participate and what should that look like? So give me your thoughts on that. We have a number of uh, individuals in our community that have interesting varied schedules, like a lot of pilots. We have a lot of medical professionals too. And that's one of the things about this, which is great is, is uh, you can kind of, you could sit down and whatever day of the week it is, when you're doing your due diligence, you could plan out when you're going to learn how to do this. You can and plan out whatever day it needs to be that you're gonna sit down and pick a county and price the mailer and get the mail out. And then there's all kinds of solutions like Pat Live that they will answer the inbound phone calls from you. You get an email at the end of the night and then it may, you know, maybe the next day, you know, you have a two hour chunk of time or whatever it is, you can figure it out when you're calling your appropriate sellers back and, you know, just kind of work it around. I, when we first started this, I had a full-time, you know, Monday through Friday, 40 hour job. Yeah. And I was doing this on site. So it was a little bit in the morning, a little bit in the evening. And I really did have a desk that I would whip around to the other desk. Like, oh shoot, like I, I have a little break and I could take this call. I could handle this. And I'd turn my chair back around and get back to my day job. It's super flexible that you could do it. And then the other thing that's great about this, and this is why 
why we're here and even while we're sitting here is that he swore whatever we do it's got to be that we can do it from the back of a boat kind of thing yeah. so if i have internet and we've done this i've done deals in you know in a, from a hotel in paris and all around the world and we have members all around the world on all different time zones and military people that are starting it overseas and then they're going to come back here when they're going to be done and continue it with their family or whatever. So it does lend a lot of flexibility, which is great. Here's my advice. There's a couple of types of people in our group. There are people that are young and starving to be successful financially. And there are people that tend to be a little bit older with tons of money. Yeah. And sometimes there's the same person and those people do incredibly well. They take their own money. And, but I think partnerships, I did a whole series on partnerships. Uh, I don't know when it was, on, it was both in writing and on our, our podcast. And that's one of the reasons that we have all these forums like landinvestors.com. And we want to uh, started a website called landtank.com, which is, you know, you might be familiar with it, where we match deals with money people. So I understand the time constraint, whether you're a physician or not. Uh, if, but if you do put the time in to find the right partner, and we see this happening at our live events, which we unfortunately can't have, have right now. Uh, they, we've, there are people there that meet and they're matched as partners for life. Yeah. So I think a partnership is real appropriate for somebody who's got more money than time. Well, you know what I would do? Um, just thinking about it and just talking out loud and curious to get your feedback on it. If I was a really busy doctor, what I would do is with something like land tank is I would not necessarily fund a deal immediately, but I would approach the person and do, do like, look at 10 different deals that way and get educated by talking to the person yes. doing it. So that way you kind of have a good handle on it and start yes. to get a feel for a good deal versus a bad deal. I would normally say go through maybe an education process, like a, the course you guys have or something like that. But if time's really a constraint, I think doing it on a one-off basis where you're actually seeing it happen would probably be quicker education not funding a deal until you've talked to at least 10 people, I think right. would be kind of my minimum talk to 10 that way you're getting a feel for this deal versus that deal, you know, the exit strategy, their history, yep. what yep. they've bought and sold and seeing if it's BS or not, <laughs> you know, even from like, cause um, we talked about this just yesterday, I have a land Academy ladies group. And we were just talking about with one of our gals who's doing these big, huge deals, huge deals. And she said, I stopped doing deals with my family and people that are not in this industry because it's hard to explain. So even coming from her perspective, that's great. You have a lot of money. It takes a lot of time for her. So like, you're, I love your idea, Dave. I want, I want even the money guy, get into our world a little bit, understand what we do. And so you can see what it is and then see who you, you're right. Who's a good fit, do one deal. And then see yeah. if you guys want to do another deal together and, and then go from there. I'll tell you what doesn't work in our group, and I've, we've had to end relationships because of this. There are certain people that, and they're usually from the financial world, who say, I've got 100,000 uh, bucks. Here's my hair in 1,000. I want a 12% return uh, annually, and I'm, I don't need to talk to you at all. And so it just doesn't work like that for us. We, our business model, and it's not because of us or our group people. It's just that that model that we have doesn't work that way. It's very transactional. So we might do a deal, make a couple hundred thousand bucks each on it. And then six months goes by and it's not an appropriate deal that we bring in that we don't think it's just not appropriate for that personality type. Right. 
But in six months, we come back and say, we got another one and probably make a couple hundred thousand dollars each, right. however that way. And so that, that even that level of involvement for, some, for one you know, investor in the past specifically, wasn't, they just, they did not want to hear about it. They just wanted a 12% return, which I respect, yeah. but that's just not how this is. That's like a, for a rental portfolio or something. Well, the other thing I would point out too, that I think what I've seen people get hung up in, in, in the about four years, you know, I've been doing this is people get so stuck on thinking they have to go at a really fast pace. I've happened to have done that, but that's not necessarily <laughs> a good thing for everybody, right? I mean, the beauty of this business is you could send out as much mail or as little mail as you want, right? Send out a hundred offers. Don't kill yourself with work that you're creating, you know, like take it at a pace that works for you. You know, I think if someone's starting from scratch, you know, and they're super busy, do a little bit of a time. And Hey, if you have some teenage kids, put them to work, show them, show them the business. That's the mm -hmm. other thing I would encourage, which I've tried that with my, my, uh, 14 year old and, you know, it's, she doesn't have the interest factor. So what do you well, gonna do? sit tight uh, because all three of our kids work with us in some way. Yeah. Uh, but, but they were disgusted with the, the us and the business until they were about 21. Yeah. That's and, true. And, and they had a job at a restaurant and they're like, Oh, yeah. you guys don't work at all. I mean, they all think that kids don't think we work for some reason. Exactly. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> do you not see me running around and on the phone? I don't get it. They all love it now. Yeah. Totally. That's now funny. it makes sense. They mm -hmm. had to go out and see what's going on in the real world. And now they come back. <laughs> yes. To like, oh, I got bills to pay. Right. I need some money. Hello. Well, you guys, we, we've, uh, we're nearing the, the end time here. Um, I would love to ask you one last question. How do you think about financial freedom? And let me preface this by saying, you know, this, this podcast is called the freedom formula for physicians. Mm -hmm. So, some people, which I know you guys don't ascribe to this, at least I don't think that you do. I call it the, the uh, Uncle Scrooge method, where you get big piles of cash. You know, I think of Uncle Scrooge swimming in his cash and you, get, you can pull three or 4% off of that, a three or 4% rule. Like that's typically in the financial assets category. You know, pull three or 4% off of that and you get that for the rest of your life and you're gonna be fine no matter what happens with financial assets. How do you guys define that? What what would you say is your freedom formula? If you can, will? I go first. Well, uh, what I've learned. Well, first of all, let me say this: I will never go back. I will never go back to a W two job. I was never afraid of taking on employees. And I coach. This is one of the things I do at my Atlanta Academy Ladies Group is I coach a lot of people. They're afraid to take on employees. They're they're doing great on their own, and they, there's a there's a hurdle they've got to get over. A little fear of being responsible, not only for themselves and maybe their own family, but other people. So we talk about that. I've never been afraid. And, and, and the more this has gone on and the, the more we've developed this and the more people we have in our community that we have coached and got there. I'm, I, I'm so confident that I will never have a W2 again. And what I've learned here is I've learned not just our business, but I've learned how to run a business. And that's a lot of, so, so we've thrown this around too, maybe doing someday, I don't know, when we in our spare time, you know, doing something about coaching people, just running a business and growing a business. Cause that's, that's mm -hmm. what, one of the things that we do best. People come to us with some knowledge, sometimes some, they've done some deals and some of them are really successful doing deals. And they come to us to go, all right, I'm ready to automate this. I'm ready to make this uh, an empire. And, you know, I want your help. So, so 
What do you want to add? Here's my formula. The first thing that everyone needs to do, no matter who you are, I don't care if you're a physician or uh, you don't, you're not interested in graduating from high school. You have to spend some time in front of a mirror and accept the fact that you're going to fail and accept the fact that it doesn't matter to you. It's not a personal reflection. You're going to fail over and over and over again. I still fail at stuff. We just failed at a mailer. And I don't care. I don't take it personally. We laugh about it. <clears throat> so you got to make a commitment to yourself or whatever to get past that. Then number two, you got to get educated and hopefully from more than one place. So once you've got that education in peace, you need to, again, put, get yourself in front of the mirror and say, do I enjoy this? You know, I don't like real estate. <clears throat> we, we have people in our group and we're really getting to know the, know the new people. It's, we're taking a personal responsibility through this accountability group. And we've got people in that group, to my surprise, they're like, I drive around on Saturday and Sunday for 10 years. I've been driving around looking at farms and land and, and yeah. I just love it. And I want to start buying it. That person is going to smash it out of the park buying and selling land. So once you're educated and you've got, you realize that this is for me, then you go to town, you, you try it, you fail, you try it, you fail, you get yourself surrounded by people like land Academy group or wherever you choose. And they do a bunch of deals and fail at a few of them and mm -hmm. succeed at a few of them, figure out a model just like you did with the subdivisions mm -hmm. and then uh, put a team in place and a system in place and enjoy it for the rest of your life and make the changes along, uh, along the way that, that are needed from a tech stamp. I struggled with the tech changes because of my age. Um, you know, I didn't have a Facebook account until 2011 and mostly it was because of Jill. She's like, you just get over yourself. <laughs> so it's just, it's, we see these images on the internet and on television or whatever about young kids with Ferraris and stuff. And that's all fiction. It's mm -hmm. all silly, silly, stupid stuff. Mm -hmm. That's my success. That's my formula. Beautiful. <laughs> what, what about like, we talk about on this podcast about retiring. So yes. like, uh -huh. it seems like you guys aren't going to ever retire, but for, for the, for the normal person, you know, <laughs> that, that wants to work less or, you know, uh, I could see myself working part-time in the future. Like for me, if I was to define what, what my financial freedom would be, it would be a formula be having enough money coming in every single month that I don't have to rely on social security or any other government program, you know? So whether it's the 3% from my assets or whether it's um, cash deals coming in or these term stuff, I have another mobile gaming kit business too, you know, all these different assets that pay me. Mm -hmm. So I never have to think about it again. I don't need social security. If I get it, great. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to take it. This is, this is, the <laughs> I paid into that. This is the part of our relationship that I actually <laughs> defer to Steven because he is the best. At this. So that uh, Jill has a little thing called truth time. She says, you know, and then we just, we take the gloves off. Yeah. Here's, this is my truth time. We are already there. In fact, we've long been there financially. And so we're making a shift very intentionally and slowly to teach more and do less real estate deals. Uh, and so, or not do, le do less real estate deals personally. Our staff is actually handling this stuff. So we're staffing up a little bit more. And we were personally, that was actually our res New Year's resolution was to spend Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of every week teaching. And you know, I don't know if you know the story of Steve Wozniak. He's a, uh, you know, the, the partner, Steve Jobs, part, original partner in Apple. And that's what he does for a living. He teaches, he teaches little kids all day as a full-time teacher about how to use a keyboard and computers and stuff. So, and I see that whether it ends up being real estate as a teacher, but I found since the last five years, I just, I really enjoy 
I love that accountability group last night that we did. We did an accountability group on the East Coast till 10 o'clock p.m. And it was our first time. We, we, it's January, so we're starting this new thing. And it's just to hear people's stories and how excited they are to be, become a Land Academy member. That's what makes me get up in the morning. It's not so much the deals anymore, although the deals are happening kind of on autopilot. So yeah. when they stop asking me to get in front of a camera and, and talk to people, that's when I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> and that could be tomorrow. <laughs> I love it. All right, you guys. Well, um, as we wrap up here, any, any um, places you want to plug, places people can check you out, learn more about the process? Jill's got, I'm going to plug, uh, Jill okay. oh, yeah. just started last quarter, this Land Academy ladies group, and it's all women. And they're all doing this, I don't know, what is it? Three, four weeks old? Five or six. They're all doing deals with each other. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Like if I started a Land Academy guys group, we'd all be, you know, probably would end up like a Zoom drinking session. We're all do some, This week we drink Budweiser. Next week we drink Scott. But these women are all just pounding it. Like serious? what's the transaction value? We do you even serious? track that? No, we haven't, we haven't yet. But we, we cover serious topics you know, in our community and how they, how they might be a little different for us as women and little nuances and things that we can take advantage of as women. And it's awesome because, you know, and still in this whole, you know, investment world and the real, you know, outside of commercial real estate agents, the investor side of it and commercial stuff, it's a lot of guys. There's not a lot of us mm-hmm. and we're coming from behind, man. Watch it. We're, or, or we're just going to be quietly over here making millions yeah. is really what's going on. <laughs> so yeah. Taking over well, then the world. I also want to say my, my, I have property flip show on YouTube and Facebook. So if anyone wants to catch me there, I'm every Tuesday at three o'clock Pacific time. I'm on YouTube and Facebook. Awesome. Well, lots of stuff to check out. I'll plug land Academy for you guys. Check out land Academy and all the different companies and all the cool stuff you guys got going on education programs. We talked about the, um, uh, the deal deal tank land tank whatever it's called and uh yeah all right my friends we'll check out check out steve and jill if you have any questions don't hesitate of course to contact me help me to tell you my experiences and what i would recommend for the freedom formula for physicians podcast this is dave deniston remember my friends remember to slash your debt slash your taxes and live a liberated lifestyle